Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. More than just training them for the job that they're in right now, but make sure that we understand where they want to be. And if there's, you know, that engagement, if we can help develop their skills and, and get them going in a direction that fulfills them better, then, you know, the investment that we have made can pay off for everybody long term. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about aspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. Ryan, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate so, you coming in. Yeah, so Ryan Beckley, you're the president and founder of Terra Firma. Terra Firma. So would love for you just to give us a little background of kind of how you started this and a little background about yourself. Okay. Um, well, I was uh, born and raised in Roseburg, Oregon. Um, fifth generation Oregonian. My family uh, homesteaded the Elkton area. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, in the agriculture industry, mostly, I guess, uh, obviously long before I was around, but uh, my granddad uh, in the 40s started a rock crushing business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad then got in that business, and that's kind of the industry that I grew up around. Uh, started an excavation and utility business when I was uh, 24 years old, and I was in 2000. Uh, business was, even in Southern Oregon, business was booming, you know, doing a lot of residential and commercial construction. Uh, so that business grew. I actually got into the rock quarry business myself. Um, and when I bought my first home, uh, 2004, 2005, uh, the house had a pre-existing foundation issue, a settlement issue. And so I ended up, uh, deciding to move forward with the purchase anyways, uh, didn't have any idea how to fix it, but just knew that there was there had to be a way to do it. So when I started researching all the different options, found uh, found a few different methods that seemed to be the right way to fix it uh, permanently, and just occurred to me really quickly that that looked like a pretty good business to be in, yeah. and there wasn't anybody really that was seemingly doing a very good job at it. So and that was in Southern Oregon when you, yeah. when you started it. So yep. what uh, got you to bring the business up here to Portland? Uh, the, the growth of the, of the marketplace, uh, you know, the marketplace was really, we've been developing the marketplace for years. There, yeah. there've been a few different people that are in our space. Um, nobody really that does the suite of services that we do. Um, we are a very specialized company, mm-hmm. but, um, we offer, uh, structural stabilization, waterproofing, humidity control, and, uh, concrete void filling and lifting. And those things all work very well together. So a lot of times we get called out for one thing and we end up doing all four of those disciplines on a project. Mm-hmm. And as we've grown the business, it just became uh, uh, very obvious that there was more and more opportunities in the, in the metro area. So mm-hmm. we started our first office up here uh, somewhere around 2009, I okay. believe. Um, and it's just continued to grow ever since. Yeah, and you're growing a lot. I think anybody that lives here in Portland knows your company of the ads so yep. i wanted to talk a little bit a couple of things we'll talk about you know the market in portland growing i know we were talking before we started recording that uh how many employees you have but also how many employees you need yeah so you have a demand for that and we'll talk about talent um let's just talk about you know, being starting as a small business getting the word out i know you, again you guys advertise a lot how has that changed as far as just marketing your company as you've grown in the different you know, channels of social and things. Well, obviously the, uh, the landscape has, uh, evolved radically in the 14 years that we've been in business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 
it is uh, it's really kind of remarkable to think about uh, how many different methods of communication and platforms for communication did not exist just 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I've got two kids that are 10 and 12, and to think that just in the in the span of their lifetime, what has transformed yeah. and how you reach your customers and you know who your customers are. Um, obviously, our demographic is uh, primarily established homeowners. Mm -hmm. So that that still lends itself to, uh, you know, more traditional marketing platform. Um, most of the established homeowners that we're going to encounter, generally speaking, going to be in the 55 and up range. Mm -hmm. um, and and that um, that group, you can still reach with radio and, and TV and print ads and, and more conventional methods. But as the dynamic is shifting and the uh, the median age of Portland is continuing to, you know, climb downward pretty rapidly. Yeah. Um, the rest of Southern Oregon is aging, but uh, but Portland Metro for sure is getting younger. Mm. Yeah, we have to be uh, we have to be in front of those things. We have to be on top of the technology. Um, the consumer that we would prefer to interact with is a very educated consumer. They want to do the research on their own and the availability with mobile devices and things like that. Uh, it's just made it really evident that we have to have, we have to have a great uh, video presence on online. Uh, a lot of YouTube content. Uh, it's really important. People yeah. can go in and actually visualize the process, educate themselves, learn the vocabulary. Um, those are those are things that every single day is just a it's a new world it so is. yeah it's changing all the time and it's just it's hard to keep up on it but i know you guys are doing a great job so well how do you guys work with realtors i was always interested on that do you at all or are you guys do we at all well <laughs> yeah, you know the last thing we want to have is an adversarial relationship with right, realtors yeah. um and it is a challenge without a doubt um Realtors will engage us, and we have some fantastic long-term relationships yeah. with brokers and owners uh, all over Oregon and Washington. Um, we definitely don't want uh, a broker to be afraid to engage with our services, but we recognize at the same time that this has become a very litigious culture. And so we don't want to be in a position to present information that can put someone in some legal liability. Um, so that can be a challenge. We try to be as, as straightforward and open with brokers as we possibly can. The best possible scenario is that we develop a relationship before there's a need and yeah. we can engage and, and work with them more collaboratively. Mm -hmm. um, the, the reality of life is that the type of problems we fix don't fix themselves. That's an absolute truth. I mean, if you have a foundation that has settled it isn't going to magically go back and, and right. be fine. If you have a water intrusion issue, it's not going away. If you have a humidity or mold issue, I mean, these are things that are going to get worse. Mm -hmm. uh, at the very, very least, they're going to stay as bad as they are, but usually they're going to get worse, and almost always they're going to get a lot more expensive. Yeah. Uh, so one of, the, one of the things that's toughest to see happen a lot with our customers is they wait until they're going to sell a home or they wait until there's a transaction happening before they actually do the repair. Mm -hmm. Now, you typically then have spent way more money than you would have if you would have dealt with it sooner, and you didn't get the benefit of enjoying it, you know, when it was fixed. <laughs> so it, it's it's really counterintuitive. Yeah. Uh, we see it all the time, though. But yeah. I know we, we try to we try to have as good a relationship with realtors and, and buyers and sellers as we possibly can. Try to you know we try to be a solution for them. Mm -hmm. Try to be there to advocate for the right solution. 
Well, let's shift a little bit. We, you know, we were also talking before recording. You know, you're the sole founder of this company. You've really grown it, obviously, with your team on your own. What are some things you've kind of learned, like hard lessons? Oh, wow, good, a know, lot. Um, uh, and I know, you know, you have a really good culture here. You guys have been, you know, one of the top workplaces for several years um, by like the Oregonian. So I'd love to learn just, you know, as a, as a business owner and leader. I, um, boy, what have I learned? I, I learn, I, well, I learn tons every single day. Um, and I would say uh, what I have learned is that I, I, I seem to know less at the end of every day than I did the day before. Um, you know, it's, uh, it is an ever-changing world that we're in. Um, the workforce is changing rapidly. Um, engaging with employees and what employees' motivations are, um, creating opportunities, um, trying to establish some kind of stability in your workforce, which is really tough because the more your uh, workforce tends to shift towards the millennial demographic, um, the more uh, the millennial workforce is, is just an unsettled bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they get an itch and decide they have to go do something different. Mm-hmm. So. You want to create an environment where uh, there's as much diversity and opportunity um, and options as you possibly can uh, while still actually having a cohesive business unit that, that can function. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic these days. It really is. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the workforce a little bit because, uh, you know, it's, it is changing. Like you said, uh, it, it sounds like you have a need to get really good people here. So what are some of the things you're... I guess thinking of doing to, to retain people or attract talent here with here in Portland where it's starting to get really competitive because so many people are moving here. Starting to, huh? Yeah. I would say it has been for quite a while. <laughs> for a while, um, yeah. You know, uh, putting together a full-time dedicated recruiting team, uh, that was something that, you know, I, I was on a workforce development committee with the Associated General Contractors about four years ago and and it just kind of occurred to me that recruiting really needs to be a huge focus for us. And that was when we put on our first full-time recruiter. And since then, uh, you know, the recruiting side of things has continued to develop to the point where, you know, now we have three full-time people in recruiting. Um, along with that, uh, creating the opportunities is has become really critical. So beyond just getting people the right kind of people in the door and understanding who they are, uh, showing them that we want to create as many different opportunities as possible for them. So we've really enhanced the training side of things. We've tried to formally develop training processes uh, for every single component of the business. And we now have two full-time uh, training staff that um, that's, that is their entire mission is to try to develop people and engage with people. It's it's more than just training them for the job that they're in right now, yeah. but make sure that we understand where they want to be. And if there's, you know, that engagement, if we can help develop their skills and, and get them going in a direction that fulfills them better then you know, the investment that we have made can pay off for everybody long-term. Yeah. Um, what What's some of the um, communication challenges? I know you might have because a lot of folks are in the field, right? If you're a company. Yeah. So, um, have you, what do you guys do on that front just to make sure it's, you know, well, you know, technology is a wonderful thing most of the time and terrible (laughs) thing some of the rest of the time. Um, but it has with, with, uh, the advent of things like mobile timekeeping, uh, some of the simple messaging platforms, um, 
you there's this evolution when you have a when you have people out in the field that you can't connect with face to face, especially when there's a predominantly young workforce that are out in the field. And the reality of life is that younger people uh, they aren't taught soft skills in school like you know the the ability to actually look somebody in the eye and engage uh, personally has started to kind of devolve. So the the younger workforce is really adept at digital communication much more so than maybe some of our established management people are. So the learning is on both sides, without a doubt. Uh, but some of the simple things like just the, the voice text apps that are out there and the video chats and things like that allow for communication that is that has less ambiguity to it because you can actually you can actually see someone's face and hear their tone of voice instead of reading a message, which can often be misconstrued and leave some pretty big gaps in there. And then there's also the fact that you can save all that data so that you can play it back for somebody <laughs> later, true. which kind of like, helps. Yeah. yeah, no hiding. So what's uh, what's next for your company? Uh, you know, right now uh, we are we're in the middle of a little bit of a uh, of a reorganization, trying to uh, trying to break the different groups out. Um, we have an office in Seattle area. We have an office obviously here where we're at today, mm-hmm. office in Roseburg, and then we have. Uh, commercial services group, which handles some of our more specialized projects. Okay. And we have we have grown to this uh, where we're at today with kind of a, a, a standard vertical management structure with, with directors over each department and discipline. And we're splitting that out and following uh, more of an isolated approach so that each business unit's going to have its own general manager and, and that change in that structure's um, you know, comes with some, mm-hmm. some hurdles. Um, but the, the purpose for it really was to give us a, a little more detailed look into each of the business units and be able to provide the support more efficiently mm-hmm. instead of crossing over. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle is so much more difficult than even the Portland market is to understand the demographic and, uh, the logistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many variables in Seattle that are, mm-hmm so much different than they are here. Um, so it's, we have we have plenty of challenges yeah. every day. And you split your time kind of between the three offices? I know we were talking yeah, about you go down to I Roseburg do. quite a bit, yep. but how, how's that been? Just You know, Roseburg's still my home, so I enjoy being down, uh, down there. Um, I was down there uh, over the weekend and first part of the week, which is a, a pretty regular for me. Uh, I'll, I'll go down and, okay. and spend a Friday and a Monday down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then headed up to Seattle tomorrow morning, going to go, uh, meet with the team up there and, and then go cheer on the Seahawks tomorrow night. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, and that's a pretty regular week is, yeah. you know, I try to try to hit Seattle, try to hit Roseburg and then with, uh, with the home base being here in the middle. So yeah. that's pretty normal. Great. Well, uh, one last thing before we go, we're both Southern Oregon kind of raised kids. What I'm. I'm really hopeful. I think there's so much opportunity down there, but love to get your thoughts on like just business climate, Southern Oregon. Where is it going? I mean, you're probably pretty bullish on it. I'd love to get. Well, I think there's a there's a huge amount of untapped opportunity in Southern Oregon, um, and obviously the the demographic has has been aging upward because a lot of the younger people uh, have been moving away from Southern Oregon for what they would look at bigger opportunities, and I think you're starting to see. With the advent of more technology, um, I think you're starting to see that there are there are companies that recognize 
lower operating costs and lower overhead in these smaller communities and a more engaged workforce. Um, and I think you're going to start seeing a lot of companies uh, recognizing that they can have maybe a few smaller operations in more rural communities yeah. at a at a lower overall overhead and and really capitalize on what typically is a is a very strong reliable workforce great work ethic um, you know I I would I would hire people out of Roseburg all day long to fill all these other spots but they're they're Southern Oregon folks who right. don't really want to move to the big city. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, we're happy to have them down there without a doubt. Really, uh, really enjoy um, the folks in, in Southern Oregon. And and, uh, and there's a lot of value to be extracted without a doubt. Um, so it's I, th- I do think that there's I think there's a bright future for it. We just have to kind of watch it play out. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, Ryan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts 